everyone, and welcome again to Submitter for Your Approval. I am your host, Brandon Cruz, and with me today, uh, you know, if you've ever thought that you couldn't get any more Twilight Zone love, well, I have a treat for you, for all of you. Today I have with me the host of that Twilighty show about that zone, Great Simpsons reference. He's the author of multiple books, such as Emma the Cat and The She-Beast of Shogoth. That's how I say Shogoth. Uh, you got it right. Okay, yes. Uh, he works on uh, three different podcasts, The Extreme Cinema, Misadventures in Blissville, and, of course, the aforementioned Twilighty Zone. Zone, and I actually have extra O's and N's and E's uh, to, to mm-hmm. emphasize the drawing it out. Anyways, welcome to the show, Mr. David Lalu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, i got to say, this audience is the most attractive audience I've ever seen. It's the most beautiful people I have seen here. I've been everywhere, and you have the best audiences, Brandon. Oh, i got to say that. I, I cannot agree with you more. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to say also, you are one of the few people to get the title of my podcast correct, because every time I have a guest on my show, they always mess up the title. My friend uh, Colin, my very dear friend, he, he, I, I have my guests read the introduction. So yeah. he's like, hello, my name is Colin, and uh, welcome to that Twilighty – and then looks at me like, what? what is this called? What? <laughs> oh, that Twilighty show about that. So what kind of a title was that? And then we spend like five minutes working on the Simpsons reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that Simpsons reference is so good, and you know, I'm – yeah, you know, I've talked about it before, but you can reference, uh, you can you can just basically talk in Simpsons references to people in the know. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, when when I was starting up this podcast, and I saw that Twilighty Zone about that show, I was like, or that Twilighty show about that zone, I was like, son of a son of a bitch. <laughs> so, did I steal your Did I steal your title idea there? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you did just so we can have this like mock. I. Mock you have fight. an awesome title. Submit it for your approval. Come on, man. That is like right up there with the Twilight Zone podcast. That uh, what's his name? Tom, I think. Yeah, yeah, Tom. Yeah, he he like pretty much trademark that because <laughs> in podcasting you have to get to it first. Yes. If you don't, then you know you have to come up with something else. Like I'm working on a Star Trek podcast right now, oh, cool. and I'm trying. I was, I was working. I was trying to find a title because you need the title first before you come up with anything. And so you're looking it up, and you're like, hailing frequencies up, damn, that's taken. Uh, c- c- Captain's Log, damn, that's taken. And so I had to come up with Ship the Ship, a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you ha- and you have to have the colon and the Star Trek yeah. podcast. I had to do that, yeah. You have yeah. to, us, a Star Trek, you can't say the Star Trek podcast, they'll kill you. You're right, you're right. So so similar story, we just started up our, our Rick and Morty podcast, me and, and my co-host, and uh, we I love that show. It, it, it's one of the few uh, animated programs that me and my wife enjoy quite a bit. So, so good. So good. And, and we were we were trying to come up with it with a title for it. And, and he and I, we both really like the episode, the interdimensional uh, television. Right. Uh, and so we're like, you know, what? interdimensional RSS. Uh, and I was like, the Rick and Morty podcast. And he's like, no, that makes it sound definitive. Let's have it be the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. The unofficial. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you could call it, uh, you know, you could call it one of my favorite episodes. You could call it, you can run, but you can't hide, bitch. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. You know he, keeps, he keeps saying we can run, but we can't hide, but, you know, why would he, why would he tell us that? Uh, yeah. it, so, so then I went on Gmail and I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me just get, grab this, uh, let me grab this Gmail, Rick and Morty podcast at gmail.com. Bam. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Like, like a week we're- later, some guy hit us up like, hey, we're, I'm starting up a Rick and Morty podcast. <laughs> and I saw that you had this email. It's like He was <sighs> crying. <laughs> he was crying. He was like, hey, I was going to do that. <laughs> and you took my idea. And we're like, got you, sucker. <laughs> and, and then, and then uh, sent him a picture of flipping him off. Um, hey, that's not funny. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty fans. You can be a guest on the show. Nope. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so uh, cool, man. Well, I first of all, thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate you coming on. And, Glad to be here. Very honored. And uh, we're today talking about static. We're starting some static here. Originally aired, right. originally aired March 9th, 1961, starring Robert M. Hart as Professor Ackerman. Uh, I need to put a second S in Professor in my show notes dean jagger uh he's got the moves as ed his mixed Lynch. dad yes <laughs> god yeah and uh oh, you forgot to say what up bitch what up oh shit what up bitch oh okay is that too, right. late? Well, <laughs> that too late well no it's okay it's okay uh, uh before you launch into your synopsis i i want to okay. tell you i was debating yeah. whether or not i should have a few drinks before we started but i decided against it because my wife whom i've recorded a few podcasts with tells me when i drink and i podcast I tend to slur my words like like Orson Welles. I don't know if you've seen this. There are a couple of videos on YouTube on the set with Orson Welles for his wine commercials. I believe it was Paul Masson. And apparently they gave him some complimentary wine. And the director keeps saying, action, please. And then he says, action, Orson. And Orson's just looking at the camera. Finally, he says, action. And Orson looks at the camera and says, just do anything. It is hilarious. <laughs> but I... I I decided not to drink for you. You don't want me drunk. My tongue becomes very loose. Uh, I don't want to have a serious conversation. <laughs> uh, and you know, if if there's one thing about the show, it's about it's about not having serious conversations. So, so that works out <laughs> just, for everybody. <laughs> so you know, I'll be like, just do anything. But oh, okay. Uh, you know, the, the greatest grapes come from France with Pomerson champagne. As you can see, I've had a little bit of it. There's a there's a YouTube clip out there of uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, back in his early, back in his early days, where like oh yes, yes. somebody messed like up, messed up the teleprompter, and so they're like yeah, just just read it like yes. this, and then he got really pissed off, and he's like, "F it, I'll do it live, I'll do it I, live." I I know it very well. I I composed and produced a song based on that. A couple of months back, uh, well, actually, I think earlier in 2016, uh, it's called Yo Bill. And I basically, <laughs> I sampled him doing that to a beat. And I sort of, it's inspired by Prince a little bit. It's got Prince, it's got like, because I think it was around the time Prince died. Yeah, I think that's when it was. And it was uh, sampling Bill's various freakouts about the teleprompter. <laughs> oh, Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Um, I was trying to do, somehow I was trying to do Bill Nye. I mean, it didn't come off cross. Bill like Nye, that, the science guy, yeah. I want to say we met through mutual acquaintance and uh, podcaster Craig Beam, who launched yes. his own show last year, Between Light and Shadow. Very good show, like yours. Uh, and and 
I was honored that you asked me. You actually approached me, which is kind of creepy, and that, <laughs> to appear on your podcast. That's what I do. That's what I, yes, I, I stalk people for months, and then I just approach yes, them. You kill in the night. You've been acquainted with the night. Yeah. And one good turn deserves another, so more accurately, two turns, since you will be making two appearances on my show for my third series. Uh, but I picked much better episodes. <laughs> hey, hey, look. I mean, we're going to get I'm sorry. We're, we're gonna I'm showing my episode. hand already. <laughs> we're going to get into I'm, this episode. I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> okay, it'll be interesting debate then. <laughs> I guess we are starting static. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh man, yeah. All right, so let uh let, we're gonna get through just a couple more of these these folks. Uh, Dean Jagger, he plays the main character Ed Lindsay, uh, and I like to throw out Columbo connections. He was in an episode of Columbo. Oh man, Columbo connection for my show That's notes. Right. I put a lot. Oh, by the of way, I had, I had I had one more question. I had yeah. one more question. Please, when you killed up. that person, did yeah. you did you did you uh, did you where did you hide the gun when you right after you killed that person? That's what I wanted to know. I was just curious about that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and, and another thing, where where do you keep your margarine? Because I want I want to get some margarine with the, with the middle finger on the eye on the brow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just one more thing. Just 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 one more thing. Uh, by the way, for those listening, we are doing shitty impressions of Peter Falk as Columbo. Yeah, I'm I'm really bad at that. I can if you want if you want if you want Sean Connery, I I can do Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, today, comrades, we sail into history. You know, get I've my been, raincoat and my walking stick. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on the show for months, uh, Mr. Connery. So I'm Watch so glad you're the here. rapist for five hundred. <laughs> uh, the penis, the penis, my dear. <laughs> the, 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 the penis, yes, the penis is um, is a woman's ultimate enemy, and I am one of, that's something like that. I Zardoz, thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you, Mr. Connery. I appreciate you you showing up. Uh, did you know, Mr. Connery, that Carmen Matthews plays Vinny in this episode? Carmen Matthews. I remember. I remember. I totally destroyed that one time in 1955. That's right. She was. Quite a woman. It did it was it was all over the tabloids? <laughs> yes, yes. The the Enquirer, but then it was like the regional Enquirer because they hadn't upgraded yet. Yeah, Mr. Connery. One more thing when yeah. you when you hit that up, <laughs> Carmen Matthews, uh, as as Vinny as Vinny, uh, and and this is this is what's going to be going into the uh, the connection, the kind of connection. Uh, Bob Crane, who is known from uh, Hogan's Heroes, he was the voice of the radio DJ. Uh, yes, in, and in he was killed by his friend after having uh, rough sex involving a tripod or uh, something to that effect. I, I wrote an article about it a long time ago. I, I didn't think that murder was, was solved. I, it's, I don't know. That's, uh, some guy named John Carpenter, who was not the filmmaker, bashed his head in with a tripod after he had sex with somebody, I don't know, and videotaped it. He was into videotaping his sexual activities. But, yes, hey. he was a DJ. Every, and, uh, every director has to get their start somewhere. Yes, yes. And he was a uh, he was an accomplished jazz drummer, and he was Hogan, of yes. course. Yep. Uh, he used to rip his shirt uh, nightly on uh, WWF. Uh, I see a connection, by the way. You said something about a connection to the episodes that we're going to do. Yes. Uh, I will be. I'm using a clip because uh, we're talking about the shelter on my show. Yes. And found it. Rod Serling was interviewed by Bob Crane for his radio show at the time. That's right. You nailed it. You got oh, it. Oh, is that it? Ding, ding, oh. ding. Wow. Ding. Okay. All right. Ding. Give me I mean, something harder next time, man. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Dean Jagger was in Columbo. 
Oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, I mostly know Dean Jagger from Alligator. He was in the movie Alligator. He gets crushed in his limousine trying to escape from a garden party that the alligator has crashed. It's a very big alligator. That's why they had the movie. Right. So, yeah. it, it wasn't like like a baby alligator. That would be a terrible No, movie. no. No, baby alligator wouldn't do that much damage. No, no. Um, uh, this episode was directed by the the infamous Buzz Kulik. And I say infamous, but not infamous. He directed nine episodes. Teleplay by Charles Beaumont based on a short story by O.C. Rich called Tune In Yesterday. Ah. Tune In Clever. Yesterday. Uh, so as far as the synopsis goes, Mr. Lawler, uh, yes. so I wrote this I wrote this earlier. Um, feel free to, to jump in whenever you want. But men, I think I it's rife with grammar issues. Uh, but anyways, okay. Here I'll just read it verbatim. I know this is like your new thing now. Now you're now you've now you've written out you're writing out your synopses and uh, and trying to read them on 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 the air. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to because otherwise I ramble on as I do for like 30 minutes about the synopsis and then we don't actually talk about the episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do it. Economical. More. I'll do it in monotone. Men and women sit around the TV, completely engrossed by whatever's on the set. One of the people sitting around the set is a Mr. Ed Lindsay, who only manages to find disdain towards television. He finds an old radio in the basement and takes it up to his bedroom. There, he tunes the station and finds music playing from his past. Whenever he tries to get someone else to hear the music, all that comes out from the speakers is the title of the episode. Vinny, the owner of the boarding house. It's tells, a good life. Oh, I'm sorry. No, static. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, it's a good... The cornfield The cornfield comes yeah. out of the speakers. <laughs> I just want to listen to Perry Como! <laughs> Poor guy. Why can't I listen to my Perry Como? I mean, what's wrong with Perry Como? I mean, I know that's not this episode, but why can't he listen to Perry Como? Come on. He's a lovely man, but, you know, Bill. Billy's into the Beatles or something. I don't know. Come on, Moomy. You put on the Beatles, bad man! <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, do it, Anthony. Do it. Do it. <laughs> what, 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 like I, wish, I seriously wish we were talking about that episode instead of this one. Well, uh, I mean, we. I think I feel like we got our quota of talking about it's a good life out. Like, there, okay. And we we can we can we can allude to it later. I think. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, so so Vinny tells Ed that uh, you know she thinks it's just him longing for their lost love with each other. That's making him hear things. Typical um, female. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, one afternoon, Ed comes home and the radio is gone. Uh, her and his friend, the professor, they have sold it off or given it to a junkyard. So he runs. And back. Marianne. That's right. <laughs> In addition to the professor. Sorry. Yeah. Gilligan's then, Island. Thank you. Three hours later, he brings back the radio to his house. A three-hour tour. <laughs> uh, he turns it back on. He he gets transported magically to the past, where he's younger and Vinny is younger. And guess what? They're going to have a second chance with each other. Ooh. <laughs> it's very nice. It's it's yeah. kind of yeah. So yeah. so first and form for foremost, Mr. Lawler, uh, what are your thoughts on this episode? Okay, you ready? Here we ready. go. I got a I got a pen. <laughs> <laughs> a pad and a uh, transcriber. Um, well, in the rush to do this episode, I had already done it before, so I had to come up with fresh new material for you. Oh. So I love this episode. I think it's the most incredible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Static is, for me, one of the weaker episodes because the tone is so dreary and the characters are unlikable or maybe just unrelatable. I'm 44. I have a 10-year-old daughter. 
And sometimes she likes to listen to the radio when she goes to bed and she has it set to a classic rock station. But they're playing Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Nine Inch Nails and Guns N' Roses. I'm like, this isn't supposed to be classic rock. Classic <laughs> rock when I was a kid was Led Zeppelin. It was the Beatles. It was the Rolling Stones. So I understand what Gene Jagger is going through. I can identify with that. He doesn't like television. He loves his classic radio. And unfortunately, rather than understanding that television is an incredible invention to many people, still, I think, a force for good in the world. I mean, come on, it gave us the Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. So Twilight Zone is getting meta. We're looking through this mirror. But he's really crabby. He's really mean about it to everybody. I mean, like, yeah, he mocks these people. He goes, uh, they're, they're showing these commercials on TV, which are really hilarious, too, because you got this guy advertising cigarettes, which is, I think, the brand that that the Twilight Zone was uh, was sponsoring at the time, was being sponsored by, uh, talking about, you know, cigarettes and stuff. I recently quit smoking, actually. I've been off cigarettes for two months and two weeks Ooh, as of today. Congratulations. I've been uh, vaping and, and doing different things, but I've been off the cigarettes. I, I've actually managed I, – I think I've made improvements in my life. I'm really – I've gotten really quite uh, – horrible to the people i love but otherwise i <laughs> uh, we, we you know uh so it, it, that's another thing I, I remember uh i was having a conversation the other day with someone regarding the whole quitting and how it's affecting me and i said i get really pissed off now when i'm watching a show like the twilight zone because everybody smokes constantly but uh the the point uh, i think was that the commercials the commercials, we yeah. see this guy, he's like doing like, he, 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 I, I think he's like an Elvis type, because he's like, doom, 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 doom. Yes. I love you, baby, I'm love you, I'm gonna love you, baby, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, you know, he's laughing or, or he's mocking his friends who are watching television. Yeah. And um, I think what we're being served is uh, something the writer thinks would be a sweet sentimental, sentimental journey about a man who wants to rediscover his youth through a time-traveling radio or something to that effect. But instead, we get a lot of bile and bitterness in that in his character. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I agree. I mean, this is this goes along with the same sentiment as like kick the can, right? Like we're, we're... kick the can. Yeah, very similar, very similar idea. I think kick the can executes it better, but it's still kind of a dreary. The Twilight Zone version of kick the can is a little more dreary than say the Steven Spielberg version in the movie, which yeah. I thought was beautiful. That version to me, I mean, I feel like Spielberg was hardwired to do something like Kick the Can. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, we're, we're, I, I always felt like the the Spielberg version was was a little too fluffy. And it, well, it's supposed to be. I mean, it's yeah. Spielberg. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was before he became an adult. He was still kind of a kid when he was directing that kind of stuff. So he had that he had the sensibility of a child. And that's that's always what I loved about Spielberg's movies is that he gave us like this. He he felt like a Peter Pan type, like he would never grow yeah. up. He gave us the magic well, like of he, what it is to be young. And he did like amazing stories as well. Right. Which is we're all like very fluffy anthology stories. Very nice. Very nice show. I, I, I love that show. I, I watched it. uh recently uh again with my wife and we we really enjoy it it's not just fluffy kid stuff he has some really good he clint eastwood did an episode of that you know <laughs> oh yeah that, that's that's the one where he was like in the west and then he had the name <laughs> no 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 that was that one? This, this this one was harvey Keitel is an artist and um he he his wife had died and but she lives when he paints her he paints uh a, a new painting of his wife like every night and his wife comes back to visit him 
she she basically i guess kind of in a supernatural sense she steps out of that painting and she gets to be with her husband again it's called vanessa in the garden it's a very beautiful episode actually huh. when uh when <laughs> I was gonna say, well, I'll just say it now. I mean, when when Chelsea dies, like I'm not gonna paint pictures of her. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because I I don't want her. Because when she dies, right, and then I'm assuming my son will be moved out of the house. Like I, the house is gonna get really really messy. And if she comes back, <laughs> she's gonna be so pissed off at me. She's like she's like Brandon, you need to. You're still you're still a pig. Why aren't you cleaning up after yourself? So yeah, I, I think it's just better off that you know she. <laughs> I don't pay. I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hope beyond all hope that supernatural powers will catch up with technology and I'll just be able to take a bunch of like semi or fully pornographic photos of my wife and I can bring her back that way. Yeah. Semi. <laughs> Se- like I'll like, have to put something in her drink and, you know, yeah. put her out for the night and then just go nuts with my camera. Yeah. Skin- <laughs> but, but skin max it. So it's, it's classy. Well, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can always do that with computers. That's the great thing about technology. That's digital. It's digital. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, first of all, about so, that cigarette, well, that that cigarette commercial. Um, I just like that. There's like, oh, it's gonna smell like grass when you smoke. <laughs> like it never does. Like no, I don't think I don't think that's how uh, tobacco works. Uh, there are certain things I have to say I do miss about smoking. I miss the smell of of mentholated Newport 100s, you know, and, and I miss all the, 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 the horrible dirt and stains that it can cause. And I miss what it does to my teeth and all that. I'm just being sarcastic there. <laughs> well, yeah. I wanna, let me ask I mean, you, maybe you uh, do. I don't know. I don't know you that well. I am a twilight zone host myself. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think of this episode? What, uh, how does it work? Sorry to take over your podcaster. You're, you're not, you're not taking over shit. Um, okay. <laughs> um uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, so you you don't like the episode. It, it's not it's not your favorite. Um, That's a big German nine. I do not. It's it's, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not my favorite. I wouldn't put this at the top of any list. This um, isn't anything that I want to watch over and over again. It's kind of like a slog to get through. Uh, it's not it's not for me. There are like episodes that I can watch like constantly. Like, yeah. uh, let me see what is. Well, there, there's something um, there's something about like a crotchety old man, the crotchety old man episodes that 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 kind of turns me off. Like, I, I don't really care about the crotchety old man who's all of a sudden now like, oh, you know what? I've changed. I, I just wanted to be young again. Well, you know what? Like, right. the, the real lesson is just just always be a good person. Don't turn into <clears throat> an asshole when you get older. I, right. Like that's I, for me. Ultimately, that's what the lesson should well, be for these episodes. I figure, you know, we could talk about technology. Now, I, I get angry about certain kinds of technology. Maybe I don't understand the appeal. So I get angry or disappointed because there's technology that comes out and people get so hooked on it, so dependent, right? Yeah. And thinking about it, you're trapped in a house with a bunch of old people. You want to plop down on the couch and watch some TV, and TV becomes your best friend in that situation. Mm-hmm. But when I look at people completely – they behave as though they're completely naked if they don't have their cell phones or, or their smartphones. I tend to snicker, and I call them sheep and robots under my breath. I'm just nasty, dude. Uh, but <laughs> You're, you're this guy. That's why you don't like I, the episode. You are this guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I have a little more hair than he does, yeah. but <laughs> but but instead but, of instead of a radio, it's like a mixtape in a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, back in the old days, you know, it used to work. I, I talk about the old days. I'm 44 for crying out loud. But uh, 
at present, I don't own a cell phone or a smartphone. I don't use them. I've, I've tried in the past, me and my wife, both of us, we, we, I guess we sort of get along that way. She really doesn't think it's an issue either. It's just for us, it's just another bill. So the school calls if something happens with, with my daughter. My wife has a phone at her job, same for me, and we enjoy our privacy. Um, yeah. We love the quiet. We don't want to constantly be on call. And when you tell somebody you have a cell phone, they can never be left alone again. So I, I see these people completely locked in. They, they, create, they, they, they have the, the smartphone in their hand, and, and it's almost like a, like, like a third arm or a third hand or something. They're completely controlled by this device. And I, 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 it's weird because people that are older than us, like, say, our in-law, my in-laws, mm-hmm. uh, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, completely hardwired to their smartphones. And I, some when they visit, I'm like, don't you remember the good old days when you didn't have to have that? And can you imagine your life without that thing? And they're like, no, no, I can't imagine that. Are you are you threatening to take my smartphone away from me, sir? <laughs> no, it's like it's uh, okay. Calm down. Everything's gonna be fine. No one's gonna take your your smartphone. Everything's fine. Yeah, as as you're like pulling, putting a knife knife back in its sheath, you're like no one's gonna take it. No I keep gonna... it under the table, you know. And I also have a little. I have a little 357 down there too. That, in that's case right. Somebody... <laughs> uh, Mr. Lawler, we understand you owe approximately $137 in student loan debt. And I'm like reaching under there, clicking yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, sit down, uh, have a seat. Lawler shot first. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you know, you, you talk about that. And there's an, an interesting thought I had about the episode with like he's at the beginning, he's making fun of everyone just glued to the TV. Right. Yeah. And then. And then he gets the radio and he's going back into the past and then he's just doing the same thing that they're doing. Only he's stuck to the radio. Right. It's true. Uh, the, the radio itself is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, we, the way we dealt with technology back in the past was that we would create something that you could, could be presentable in your living room. Yeah. So TVs, televisions and radios, looked like pieces of furniture back then. Nowadays, they look like these scary, listen to me, I sound terrible. They, they're like <laughs> these scary electronic contraptions that if you hit the wrong button, you've nuked Baltimore or something like that. Right. It's been nuked like, like dozens of times at this point. When I had uh, my, one of our first big TVs was uh, a Magnavox. It was uh, this 25-inch color console, and it was made of wood. But it had a television inside it, but it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And this radio is no different. It looks like a, I would say it was a, a Zenith, probably from 1930, 1935, something like that kind of era. Yeah. My, uh, one of my friends on Facebook recently, um, speaking, uh, he had a, I guess he had this like old school record player that was like this big piece of furniture just sitting in his basement for years and years and years and years. And he's like, yeah. Hey, does anybody want, the- does anybody want this? Like, if I wasn't in Hawaii, I would totally take. You could it. totally eBay that for like a couple hundred bucks. It's like a, they called it a hi-fi back then. I have in my house, I have a hi-fi cabinet, but it's there's nothing in it. You can put all the stuff in it. It's just the cabinet for it. It was made by Ethan Allen. It's a very nice piece of uh, of, of uh, carpentry, and you put a record player in there. You put your stereo. You can put your speakers. You can put your records. It has like the slot for all your records. Mm-hmm. You know. The LPs, just gorgeous, gorgeous thing. But I don't have anything to put it in, so we use it as a kind of media center to put all our other electronics in. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's he goes back in time uh, to you know whatever to his his younger years. Uh, yes, you keep trying to get back to the episode, and well, I keep derailing you. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I mean, that, that's. I mean, I guess that's what my my role is. Is yes. I guess. Host, yes. I guess that's what my my purpose is. But uh, shut uh, up. Let me get back to the synopsis. You, you, you talked about like uh, cell phones. Like you don't you don't have a you don't have a smartphone. Um, no. So I'm. I'm uh, you probably do, right? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Of course, I do. Of I can't. Do. I can't live without it. Everybody does. I mean, it I'm seems podcasting like- for my cell phone right now. No, I'm joking. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No, it's I- fantastic. You sound great. <laughs> Damn. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Uh But so, so one of the questions I, I wrote down that I was going to ask was, you know, would you go back in time uh, and to to a time before like cell phones and all this stuff? But but guess what? You you don't subscribe to that necessarily. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that I don't need it. I feel like I don't need it because. Uh, everyone is at everyone's beck and call now, and and now people don't leave you alone. And then they, you know, you, you, the technology itself is fantastic. It's sort of there's a line in Blade Runner where Harrison Ford tells Sean Young, he says basically replicants are any kind of machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem. Uh, we we skate this very fine middle ground in technology because it can do wonderful things for you, but it could also destroy your life. People can lose their jobs because of, uh, you know, an, uh, something they, they typed in to their uh, cell phone or something. Yep. Somebody picks up on that and then you're in trouble or so. So, it, it, you know, and as we know, we have we had a, uh, a person who ran for president last year who uh, obviously didn't understand her freaking cell phone either. And I chalked that up to being a middle aged woman. So <laughs> that's how I see it. Yeah. Um... They're not yeah. good with with uh, what? What do you mean, private server, government server? I just, I don't know. Se- se- take se- this, take, throw that out, and get me another one. Give me another one. Come over here. Give me, give, give me, give me, get it out of my purse. There okay. you go. Okay. All right. Let, let me let me let me just <laughs> let me just throw this out there. Yesterday, I'm talking to my mom. All right. Uh, so this weekend, she she sent me a text, and she's like, "Hey, what's going on?" I was like, "Oh, nothing. I'm I'm at lunch with a friend." She's like, "Oh, well." Uh, I mean, just give me a call later. And then she gave me a, a winky face. And so I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. She gave me a winky face. So so I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I, it's not important that, that I call her, right? It was nothing. I love the winky face. It's just, you know what? That, yeah, exactly. It's like, call me. No, no, don't call me. Yeah, it was just like, don't. it's okay. You don't have to call me. Like, winky face, right? So yeah. so then yesterday. You keep winking. You keep winking. You keep indicating you don't want me to call you. Yeah, yesterday uh, she's like, she leaves me a voicemail. She's like, "Hey, can you call me ASAP?" And I call her, and it was like, it was a big deal. And she's like, "And you, but you didn't call me back Saturday." It's like, you gave me you a gave winky, me a winky face. face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's not a serious face, mom. She's like, "What? It's just, it's just a face." I'm like, "Faces mean things." <laughs> yes, it's an emoticon for affection. <laughs> I was not being cut with you. I'm, like I'm like mom, you wouldn't be like, oh hey, your grandpa's dead. Winky face, you wouldn't Winky do face. that. Yeah, just 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 kidding there, kids. Oh <laughs> uh, oh, mom doesn't understand. Right, uh, one of the okay, the, this is one of my big problems with the episode is that we we start off. He has the radio, and he's taking these journeys into the past. Kind of, it seems like it's time traveling. Hey, this radio station doesn't exist anymore. Hey, these people are supposed to be dead. They're playing on my radio. And then we launch into this kind of soap opera with this woman that he was apparently in a relationship with, Vinny, right? Yeah. 
Which is short for something. I can't figure out what. What do you think it's short for? Uh, my cousin. My cousin. <laughs> Two youths. Youth. What, uh, what is a youth? Identical. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're. Let's that, say you're... Vanessa. I think Vanessa. It might be Vanessa. There, you, there you go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with Vanessa. But yeah, that 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 was kind of because the first time he interacts with her, it's not very, it's not very warm, and you don't. You can't tell that it's anything, but maybe like a like a she owns this place and he's just a resident, right? Right. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, remember how much we loved each other? Um, that was kind of a, a, a switch. Um, all right. So yes. <laughs> um, okay. She loved the heck out of him yeah. at some point when he was younger, when he had more hair. I don't know, but as as Dean Jagger plays him in the episode, he's a he's a pain in the ass. He's everything you hate about old people. And as I grow older, I see it in myself. I caught myself saying the other day, these kids today or damn kids. You know, I mean, it's just when you reach a certain age, you just start to see everyone's kids. I directed, um, uh, we want to talk a little bit about me. Let, enough about me. Let's talk about me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please. I, I directed a movie <laughs> called Total Male Fantasy Number 10 last, last year, or was it the year before? I, we're still in editing right now. We're almost to the end. It'll almost be done. Anyway, uh, so all these young people are in the cast. I have this. There's this girl in the cast. She's 25 years old. She could be my daughter. And 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 the thing is, it's so difficult dealing with younger people, and especially if you're directing them. You're like you you turn on the camera, you say action, and they're acting and everything. And you're you're just like you you why, why aren't you at home doing your homework, young lady? I mean, it's like I, that's how I feel. Yeah, I I hate young people. <laughs> uh, that that's it. That's the definitive statement. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you, you're, you're 44 as you, as you, as you said, um, and constantly, I, I've been saying it all the time now. I'm, I'm 44. I'm 44. <laughs> uh, so you're only, you're not that much older than me. You're only 10 years older than me. Um, oh, that's, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime. <laughs> it's, it's you nothing. grew up, you were listening to Tiffany and <laughs> Debbie Gibson. Uh, I was listening to Kiss and Van Halen, you know, <laughs> Uh no, I was still listening to that stuff. I just wasn't around to you know see him in concert. <laughs> Do you, what's your favorite Tiffany song? Since uh, we're on the topic now, since you brought it up. Well, since I think we're alone now, I yeah, I, I can be honest with you. No, doesn't seem to be anyone around. That so, was a cover. Okay, that was a cover of a Tommy James and the Shondell song. Oh, just okay, young man. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to th- I want to throw this out there because you bring up a uh, uh, interesting thing right with our age difference. Um, so you had the radio right, and then all of a sudden MTV comes out in 1981, and then the the very, the very first music video is "Video Killed the Radio Star" right? Yes, by the, by the I I used that in my uh, in my episode about what was it. The lateness of the hour and nick of time. I threw "Video Killed the Radio Star" on at the beginning because that was the first episode broadcast in the video format mm-hmm. uh, from the show. So I, I and I also had like a clip of an android that's being built right now, and I believe her name is Sophie. It's an android uh, because the lateness of the hour. It's, ugh, that's yeah. another episode I really can't stand. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when 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 that video came out, were were you already kind of like, yeah, hey, music? Are were you like music videos are cool? I'm gonna talk in your voice as as a <laughs> as a as a young child. Hey, music videos are cool. Are- These are cool. 
Goodbye, radio. I mean, were you well, like that? No, no, not really. It wasn't like that at all, actually, uh, from what I understand. Uh, music videos had been around for years. Uh, they they had started out before I was born with, uh, I, I want to say, the Beatles when they did their promotion. Uh, they used to call them promotional videos back yeah, hard, then. Hard days, hard days Night and stuff, yeah. Well, like more like uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, things like that. It, you know, they, you know, elaborately produced. Money, money is spent, and these the the videos are of the the Beatles performing, and they were they were sent out as like you know they were, it, there was no music television, so they were sent out as like news items or news clips. Like oh. here here's the Beatles' latest song, and then they would play it on some on music show or or you know like American Bandstand or whatever they had back then, you know, and and some other uh music bands like the rolling stones would 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 come up with promotional clips too so videos had been around for a little while it's just that mtv took that idea and went 24 hours with it on their own cable station so because they i guess they had enough product and they could fill it in and and then mtv kind of created the new market for music video Hmm. and and it wasn't we still listen to the radio back then it's just that i guess a lot of people didn't have cable a lot of people didn't get so you could still get an idea of what the music was going to be by listening to the to the to the radio station hmm. i see well i wasn't alive then so um, yeah so I, i'll take i'll take your word. well you're a young man if you say you're about 10 years uh, yeah. then you were born in like 82 uh, or something exactly right Ooh, your public school math was better than <laughs> well yeah we didn't have common core back then so <laughs> uh i did in the scramble to find the new relevant fresh material for you. I did snag on one gem. Is this a ghost story? Could it be a ghost story? Hmm. In what way? I'll, I'll, I, let, I'll let you elaborate. Well, I don't know. For some reason, Dean Jagger and his uh, his little girlfriend, Hottie there, Vinny, strike me as ghosts living in the world. Uh, it, 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 that these, all of these old people in this house are are essentially ghosts because they don't really do anything. Uh, yeah. And 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 what's more, they they tend to be ignored by everyone until they mess with his radio, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, they they try to take his radio away from him, and then he goes and gets it. He brings it back, it's a huge ass thing, like forty, fifty pounds, maybe seventy pounds. We don't know. Yeah, and and he gets and he gets like a, a twelve year old to help him carry it up. Yeah, yeah, for and, like a buck or something. And, and right? a twelve year old is on the bottom, which is the heaviest portion. So, right. And it goes back to him being a crotchety old bastard. But yes, uh, now Gene Jagger is a fantastic actor. He won an Oscar a long time ago, back in the '40s, for a movie I believe called Three O'clock High. Hmm. Uh, he was in the great movie Alligator, uh, of and he also appeared on in a in a pilot for a, a, a proposed television show called The Stranger that was renamed Stranded in Space, and it was featured in an episode of Mystery Science Theater. Uh, great. Uh, kind of menacing actor. As he got older, he started to develop a really pronounced lisp, and he sounded a lot like Sylvester the cat from the Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like I should uh, like that's cute to me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, ah, look at this villain with a cute little lisp. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I don't place any of the blame, and I don't even blame Buzz Kulik for it uh, as much as I dislike the episode Buzz Kulik. Uh, not the greatest director for Twilight Zone, but he did do a couple of really good episodes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And who but, wrote this? Serling, right? Uh, and so uh, Beaumont uh, wrote the teleplay, but it was based off a short. Right. 
Yeah, but it was based on a short story originally. Right, and Beaumont is one of uh, he's probably my I. I think he might actually be my favorite writer for the Twilight Zone. Him and Richard Matheson, George Clayton Johnson, and Rod Serling. But Rod Serling, uh, there's a difference between the science fiction writer as represented by a Charles Beaumont or, or a Richard Matheson and a Rod Serling who's more of a television producer who is like a writer, like like uh, like a Gene Roddenberry type. Yeah, They're writing under the restrictions of a television budget, whereas a writer, a science fiction writer, has no limit to his imagination. So a lot of times the science fiction writer will come and lock horns with that producer because the producer will always say, we can't do this. This is going to cost millions of dollars. And the, the science fiction writer really doesn't comprehend budgeting like that when they're writing. Yeah. He, uh, the, 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 the pure science fiction writer is like, I'm going to write this story. This is what, this is the story that's coming out. I mean, yes. however, however you guys want to do it, that's, I don't, I don't care. Um, just this world of fantasy that it's mine to give, uh, and you deal with it in your, in your own way. But right. you and, mentioned the she beast of Shogoth, the book, yeah. the book I wrote Yeah, this, uh, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't really shoot it. There's, there's way too much that's like inappropriate for a lot of audiences. Number one, it's a period piece. It takes place back in, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. And there's like all of this stuff. I re- even with the technology we have today, you really couldn't do it. You, I wasn't writing it with an eye toward making it into a movie. I just wrote it. I just put it out there, and I was just like, you, you know, have at me. Do what you will with it. And that's how writers think. They think that way. But then I'm a filmmaker, too, so I have to be like, oh, well, I only have $5 in my pocket. I guess I'll write a story about a guy who lives with two girls while his while his girlfriend is, is in, in the military in Afghanistan. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah I mean – I I I feel like you know Serling, he he knew the the business of it, and so that kind of that that kind of pushed him in a, a way to kind of limit how he wrote these stories, right? Because he right. obviously he had been around uh, in Hollywood for a long time, writing and, and producing these these shows. Um, yes. So so that, that's that's interesting to me. Uh, so I want to ask you more about uh, actually your. Uh, your your books and your shows, but first, oh, Jesus. but first, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I I ask everybody to give me a rating. All right. Uh, and and I don't want a binary rating, so it's not a this sucks or it's great. I, I need <laughs> I need something between. Uh, just just give me some kind of scale. Um. Well, I I wouldn't pick up my worst enemy's dog's droppings with this hunk of crap. I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> I give this episode two Silvertone 4485 console radios out of 10. Ooh, man. I know. Hot, hot damn. Is there, okay, that begs a question. Like, what episode is worse than this for you so far? Okay, well, I can tell you, probably Nervous Man in a $4 room. I really, I, I have a problem with a lot of those one man going insane episodes, and that one really doesn't do it for me. I was not, uh, let me see. After that, ooh. So, so I, I listen. I listened to a little bit of your episode uh, about the mighty Casey, and and I caught that you're a big baseball fan. You would you, love you, baseball, yeah. You would put that over over Static. Oh God, are you kidding me? This, that, that episode destroys this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I feel I, okay. The I'm problem just, with Static is I'm that I feel it. it's 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 padded to such a degree. I mean, we don't really need. You know, you know how you feel like if you look at the fourth season, there's a lot of padding. 
I feel like this was padded to make up that 25 minute running time because it's just not, there's nothing about it that appeals to me in mm. that way. And, and I, I, I don't even think as an old person, even if I get like horribly old, like these people were in the episode, I wouldn't, I wouldn't find it entertaining in that way. Uh, the idea of a bitter old man and a woman who loves him. And I'm like, I'm looking at Vinny and I'm saying, what's wrong with you, woman? Why do you like this guy? He's a jerk. Yeah. I mean, what does she want to do? I mean, it's a, you know, and they're kind of like at the end, it's really depressing in that way too. Maybe, maybe that's part of my rating is that there's, I feel, yeah, maybe he has a chance at love. Right. But yeah. I don't feel that they have enough time to explore that. You, you know, you know what I would have actually liked more. Um, and so just, just to get this out of the way, I gave it uh six, six and a half, uh, oh, okay. six and a half, uh, Cuba Gooding juniors. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, because the radio, <laughs> the radio. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so I will uh, say, can I say, I just that that radio is beautiful. Yeah. I was trying to look it up. I was trying to research it. I was trying to figure out what it was. It doesn't seem to. I can't really find a radio that looks much like that, except for the Zenith. The Zenith was yeah. the closest one I could come up with. Um, but what? I mean, it's a nice sentiment. It's it's yeah. a nice sentiment. It's just not. It's well, not enough to to. It doesn't really draw me in. It's not crazy. I like crazy episodes. I like the episodes that are completely. One of my favorite episodes is the After Hours from from season one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it makes no sense. It has its own logic, and I yeah. just I love that. Yeah. I love that, and also the 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 Gremlin with William Shatner. You know, Nightmare at, at twenty thousand. You know, things that don't make – it doesn't make sense, and it, it's so fun that way. Or Nick of Time. Nick of Time also is another episode that it sort of – it binds you into its own logic, yeah. and it forces you to play by its rules. So yeah. you can completely get drawn into the story. This one, it was like uh... – yeah, what, what, I, what I would have liked to have seen, instead of him going back in time, right, for a second chance, I would have, mm -hmm. liked, I would have liked the second chance to him acknowledging like, hey, we're still alive. We still have years left. Like we're still together. We're right here. Let's make the most of it while we're here together. Right. There is that. Do that and also and that and make that, them make them younger and hotter <laughs> as, as time goes on. Uh make him Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg and <laughs> and make and put him in a movie called Adventureland. Oh God. You know, I love that movie. I love that oh, movie quite oh. a bit. <laughs> Actually. I enjoy. I mean, like, uh, you know, yeah, the leads kind of uh, they annoy me, but I love the story. I think it's a great, great movie. And yeah. I, w I had a lot of fun watching that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate it because I'm not a fan of zombies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh, I know. And Woody Harrelson too. <laughs> uh, all we got right. some dancing to do. <laughs> all Twink right. Twinkies. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate you talking about the episode, David. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, I, I want to ask real quick. Uh, so you you do three podcasts, obviously oh, that uh, that Twilighty show, um, that Twilighty show about that zone misadventures in Blissville yes. and extreme cinema action yeah. and adventure. Oh, I'm sorry, action and exploitation movies with Angela Gank and David Lawler. Heck yeah, uh, you can find most of that on Blissville.net, and uh, go to the YouTube channels too. There are YouTube channels devoted to each of them, and I also. Write the my vintage cable box column for uh, VHS Rewind and Blissville, where every week I explore a movie that I remember watching on cable when I was a kid. All right. All and right. we just did we just did our one hundred. I just wrote my one hundredth entry for that with the charming, wonderful, 
1983 sex comedy Screwballs, which was terrible. <laughs> I'm just being sarcastic. Uh, first of all, congratulations on 100 articles. Thank you. I, I, I wrote one, and I'm like, woo, I did it! Yeah! <laughs> Yay! So, so, so 100. So 100. Hot damn. Hot damn, Hot son. Hot damn. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, how, how, do, how do people, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I also have, well, yeah, well, I also have Facebook if you want to harass me or get weird like Brandon did. Um, start asking me inappropriate questions. There's also a Blissville Facebook page that you can reach. Uh, just type in Blissville or Misadventures of Blissville. It'll take you right there. And it pretty much keeps you up to date on everything I'm doing. Okay, excellent, excellent, sir. And uh, you also have a few books out there on Amazon, right? That's uh, right. How- Beast of Shoguth, uh, Emma the Cat, which is a collection of short stories. And I believe Trinity. Uh, I'm not sure if Trinity is on there. Trinity is also a collection of short stories. Emma the Cat is mostly, com- uh, you know, romantic kind of sexy stuff about humans, and Trinity is kind of apocalyptic stories about the end of the world and all that kind of stuff. And She Beast of Shogoth is a kind of uh, I don't know, what do you, uh, it's, it's a period piece. Right, right. Uh, there is an episode of. Uh... Dark Place, Garth Marenghi's Darth Blake, Dark Place. Yes, yes. Uh, that has Shogoth in the the title, and then yeah, it's <laughs> that's it's the first kind thing of I thought tribute. of. I would, yeah, I would say it's a tribute to H.P. Lovecraft, and I think that's what Garth Marenghi was looking. <laughs> that was such a great show. Yes, one of my favorite shows ever. So so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, okay, thank you so much, uh, David, for that stuff. I'll make sure I put all the links for that into the show notes, so anybody can. Head out there and click click that little blue link and say, hey, cool, I'm over here at Blissville now. And for the rest of you, there's a few ways to get a hold of me. I am, of course, on Twitter at S4Way underscore podcast. And you can also find me on Instagram there. I don't do too much on Instagram, but uh, but if you but if you feel the need. Uh, also, Facebook.com, um, specifically Facebook.com, nothing else, just the .com. And then S4YA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, guys, you are all wonderful. And uh, you know, if if you think if you think the show is wonderful, you know, hey, head out to to uh, iTunes or Stitcher or whichever whichever podcast app you use and and leave leave a rating and just say, hey, at the very least, this show is listenable. Here's a couple of stars for your troubles. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening again. And until next time. I am Brandon Cruz, and this is Submitted for Your Approval.